Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor in the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel and Spotify. Also, get text directly to your phone from the hosts of Five on the Floor. Subscribe for $3.05 per month at winnow.app backslash off the floor. That's W-I-N-N-O dot app backslash off the floor and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network that includes prize picks use the code five five we're just talking about this on the pre-show we don't really do a pre-show but on the pre-show we were talking about the fact that fiba that the world cup stuff is going to be up there on prize picks so use the code five five get yourself signed up get your deposit doubled Start playing today. And, of course, you can play more than just basketball there. NFL futures are up there. Preseason games are up there, uh, as well as soccer, boxing, MMA, and much, much more. So check them out at prizepicks.com. Use the code 5. Down uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. we got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander, Brady Hawk at Brady Hawk 305, and our guy Brian Fonseca, who you can follow. What is it? Is Brian Fonseca NY? Is that right? There we go. Still Brian the Fonseca. Case, yes. Still, still the case. I, I know you do a lot of stuff up there. You live up there. It's fine. It's fine. The Heat fans are not holding that against you. Um, we are going to talk about one person today. One person. And this may be one of those episodes we look back at and say, why did we even bother to do this? Because he's not even playing for the Miami Heat this season. Um, but he looks really good. And that's Nikola Jovic, um, who it's taken me a year to pronounce his name. Uh, of course, Jovic drafted by the Miami Heat in the first round last season. Got some playing time over the course of the year, but then was shelved with an injury for sort of the, I would say sort of the, I don't know, the middle third of the season, uh, you know, back and forth to Sioux Falls, put on a bunch of muscle weight. We talked about that quite a bit and he's looked terrific. He looked terrific in summer league in the brief time that he played. And now in FIBA, he's doing things like basically taking the ball down the court by himself, one man fast break. Uh, he looks like a real prospect, which might surprise people because apparently the Heat have no assets. But we don't know if Portland is going to emphasize him 
in a trade or if they're going to emphasize Jaime Jaquez in a trade or both or neither, uh, really, as we look at this situation. So let's start here. I'm going to go to Fonseca first today because you love this kid before the draft, um, not just for the Heat, for really anybody. What have you seen in his growth now that he's gotten some more competitive action? Yeah, um, he's been really good. And he got, well, first of all, he whooped Puerto Rico's ass, which as a Puerto Rican, not happy Go about ahead, that. Let it out. Let it out. Um, Get it out listen, of your system listen, so listen. Then we can listen. talk about Jokic. And Jovic. It's, it's only a scrimmage, but like it was 110 to 75 Serbia won. And Serbia's in our group in the World Cup. And Puerto Rico and the Mets are the only teams where I'll say we. So forgive me, but. We're going to get our ass kicked by Serbia in the group because it's Nikola Jovic and his crew, as Stephen A. would say. Puerto Rico, South Sudan, who's in the World Cup for the first time, shout out to them, and China, who has Kyle Anderson uh, for some inexplicable reason, right? So here's here's what we have with Nikola Jovic. He winds up with 11 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. And yeah, that's kind of what I was saying he would get uh, probably on a on – a, not maybe not a per game basis because five assists is a lot, but I think he's somebody who can produce uh just statistically across the board and could stress the floor and do a lot of these different things. You're seeing it now with after a year of being a pro in the NBA with the experience. And he's also he's being highlighted on a team with other good players. Serbia is currently right now, according to the FIBA world men's basketball ranking six in the world right now. Um, and they're one of the teams that I think can give like team USA some issues if they play deeper into the tournament, potentially Canada, although Canada, I think has been a bit overrated leading up to this tournament because they have NBA talent, but Serbia is one of the best teams in this. And Nikola Jovic is one of the best players on one of the best teams in the world. And I don't think that's something that's small. If I'm comparing, because a lot of people were saying, Oh, you know, just give up Jovic and the Damian Lillard trade to bring it back to the heat. That's something that you should do. Uh, instead of Jaime Jaquez, Nikola Jovic, what he's doing internationally is not small. And there are these FIBA bumps. If you look historically, there are these FIBA bumps that guys take before their breakout season or before they have a really good season. They progress internationally, be it guys from Europe, or we even saw this in America with someone like Kevin Durant, who led a team to a world championship at FIBA, and then shortly thereafter led his team to the NBA finals against the Miami Heat within the next two or three seasons. I think it was two years later they were in the finals. So this is not a small thing, even though the games are quote-unquote meaningless. And I'm eager to see how Nikola Jovic plays in the actual tournament, because I think Serbia is a team that's going to hang around for a while. Brian, before we go to the other guys, what in your view is his NBA comp? What if I if I was to say ceiling of this player in five years is, who would you look at? Hiru Turkaloo, probably. It's interesting. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of like a because this is what I really liked about him going into the draft. It's like he, he doesn't have a ton of athleticism, but he's somebody who can create, who can pass, who can shoot. Tony coach. Uh, yeah, someone like that. Mm-hmm. I think he could run your offense a little bit at times as a secondary sort of ball handler and initiator. And I think that with Nikola Jovic on your team playing on the wing offensively, that's something that's really interesting because the league has gotten a little bit smaller in terms of some of the bigs that play. And I kind of grew up where there were like six, 10 small forwards. And I feel like he can be one of those type of dudes. 
um, who can create in that way. So uh, some people said Danilo got an Ari going into the draft. I feel like I see some of that as well, but he's more of a playmaker, I think, than Danilo was. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be Hiru Turkulu ish, uh, which. If you're a late first round pick, yeah, that'd be a great career to have. Yeah, people forget how good a player he was, actually. And I, I got got colored a little bit by PEDs and all that kind of stuff at the end. But Hidu was a starter on a finals team and and was a key starter and was a top three scorer on that team. Uh, we're gonna get more into the Portland aspect of this as we go forward. But Brady, I just because uh, Brian mentioned a couple of things there about what Jovich is or could be. I guess the question would be. If you're going to play him out on the wing, can he defend out on the wing? Um, I, I I actually liked some of his defensive instincts last year. Um, I didn't see the space cadet stuff that sometimes we see from Heat rookies that are brought in. That is the reason they don't play. I don't feel like that was the reason he didn't play necessarily, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I like um, that term, by the way. The space cadet? Ways? Yeah. Well, keep, my first, I, ment- my first mentor. Away. Keep going. <laughs> my first mentor used to say that a lot in college. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, Kyle Cor- Corver gave me a great, great quote when he was playing with Atlanta, and of course now Kyle's a general manager, but uh, when he's playing with Atlanta, he said, you can have one knucklehead on a team, but you can't give him a buddy. Uh, and that, that's basically the way that she approached these things. The problem was, and all due respect to Rio, who we love to death, but he gave Beasley a buddy when he first came in. And I, I think feel like, you know, again, Beasley was one of those guys who did have those space cadet uh, qualities on defense. And I'm only saying this because Alex is not on the podcast tonight, but Brady, where would, um, where would he fit? I guess. And, and how many minutes does he play? Because We've talked about Christian Wood coming in, but Christian Wood, apparently, according to Greg, your reporting, Christian Wood's really only coming if Dame is acquired and maybe Jovich goes the other direction. They're not thinking that's correct. Both of, right. That's so they're correct. not thinking of having both of them on the same team. So in some ways, it kind of is an either or. But again, it's it's really more dependent on the Dame thing than on, than on anything else. But Brady, where does he fit with the current roster? Is this a 20 minute rotation player in your view on a contender? I mean, it's tough just because. When you look at the current roster, like we're not used to saying this in Miami, but the fact that they're literally front court crowded, like they have not been front court crowded in a long time, whereas on paper right now they are. And it's about trying to find spots for for these different guys. And I guess when you're seeing the way that he's playing right now and in a situation where you don't land Dame, you're you're in a situation where you need to let Jovich off his leash and hope that there's something more there. So like in that situation, he's 100% a 20 minute uh, rotation type guy in terms of the role. It was funny hearing you say 6'10 th- playing at the three because in Miami, he's, he's going to be 6'10 playing at the five, most likely way more than <laughs> play, playing at the four. Uh, I could very well, as much as it's fun to think about him playing next to Bam, I could see him much more often, honestly, playing behind Bam. Uh, but it, I think the stuff that he's doing, it's not even this game today where he had like the 11-point game and everything. I think before that, he had an 18-point game. I think it was, Brian, you probably know, but I think it was at a loss, actually. But he ended up scoring around like 18 in that game. But it's the it's the way he's doing it where it's like you mentioned it at the top of the season, like the, the way he's grabbing the ball and just going in the other direction. I know we always talk pace and media day, and we're gonna probably do a whole podcast uh in September on Miami <laughs> Heat going faster. But he'd be the reason you do it because he is literally that is his comfort spot. He grabs that ball and he is just so good at t- in terms of just drawing contact and controlling his body when he's able to do that stuff. Uh, and and you, Brian, you hit on the passing part. That's the part that's really intriguing because the stuff he's doing, it's funny watching him, like just watching the stuff he's doing out there because he is drawing like two to the ball on most of his catch and goes and drives where he has so much attention on him and he's able to 
with that attention, make the passes and make the reads to these open shooters time and time again. Uh, so that the that those are the parts that are intriguing. The other part is um, the shooting, obviously. I think that's always going to be the main one specifically in a Miami role just because that was the issue last year. I think if he honestly, if he shoots at a higher percentage last year, he probably sees a little bit more flexibility from Spo in terms of getting a little bit extra time here and there just because the shooting, I just felt like his role was sitting off ball a lot of times because obviously there's main guys that they need to work through. And then obviously it's not putting him in a right position. The thing I said earlier on Twitter today, or, or X, I guess I got to start getting used to saying that, um, was the fact that I don't know if they should kind of lean into that as much. Like if you're going to utilize him as a 20 minute rotation player, you cannot expect him to just be a spot up shooter or a guy that's going to occasionally be a spacer. Like they have to find ways to work things through him because he's that good as a passer. He has the link to his game. I'm watching the way that he's being used for his, for the national team in terms of in the half court, he is constantly moving. Like they run like a heavy motion offense over there. Whereas like Miami can do that. Like they've, they have done it and they have the pieces to do it because when you have a center like Bam and you have a potential four like Jovic or a potential back of five like Jovic, you can run stuff at an incredible level, and we know that stuff that they can scheme up. So in all, it just feels like that the position is going to be more like a Swiss Army knife that the word that's supposed like to use in the past where it's not going to be the traditional type of play because even when you just ask him that question about comp, he's mm-hmm. not a traditional player. There's not a traditional comp out there. I trust Adam Simon's judgment a lot on these things, Greg. Um, when he targets a player, that player tends to work out, whether it's a drafted guy or an undrafted guy. Facts. I don't want to say that I know for sure that they had more conviction on Jovic than on Hakez in their respective drafts, but I kind of feel like that's the case. Uh, I feel. I believe like- so too. Right. I, I, I think that Jovic was drafted because they really liked the upside and skill set. And so they took him, even though he didn't necessarily fit the timeline. Right. Whereas Hakez was drafted more because he does fit the timeline and that of the options they had. And that's why I asked Adam the question after the after the draft and said, you know, did you have, you know, a certain type of player in terms of experience you were looking for? And he kind of had a sheepish grin about it and said we had a bunch of guys in that 19-year-old category. But I do think that one of the reasons for the lean to Hakez was because he was a little bit of an older prospect. Jovic is still younger than Hakez now. He's just younger than, than Hakez. Um, and, and last year, he, he was drafted 27th, but he was actually finished in minutes – uh, thir- uh, 36th. Okay. So he, he, his minutes were actually less than his draft position. He played 204 minutes. I mean, by comparison, there were 18 rookies that played at least a thousand minutes, including like, uh, including some guys who I don't know, they were even that good, but they were just on teams that required it. But I, I guess the thing about it, Greg, is we're seeing the progression and all the areas you wanted to see the progression from him. And I, I feel like it is about Dame but I do think it's in the back of your mind. Like this is a pro- they probably drafted a player here. Like they probably got somebody good this time, for sure. And I think the fact that it was an international player that really no Heat observer had on their radar for Miami to go and get that that's an Adam Simon special right there. Like right. they had him targeted. And t- to your point, like it's kind of like a situation with Darrell Wright, where I know that that draft was in hindsight, but at that moment in time, Darrell was not fitting the timeline of that team. 
Jovic was kind of in that category last year, but they took him anyway. And they had, they, they had the benefit of knowing where they were with what team they had. And so that was an interesting thing for them to do. I think that they would love to hold on to him, but the more that he's out there playing and you see him on this rookie contract, I mean, he's going to make what, like $3 million next year. You've got that over the next 2.3 million next year. And you've got him locked up for another three years. He looks great. He's promising. And Jaime Jaquez is not playing anywhere at the moment. So I think that, that ultimately is going to make people raise their eyebrows towards Jovic. And that, I mean, you started the show by saying that he'd have no assets. And right now, if you say, and I hate to say this to Heat fans, but I think it could cost Jaquez, Jovic, and both first round picks they currently own. Um, if it costs that to get Dame, I think that that is a hefty cost. And I think people will have to, stop scoffing at the offer so much when they see how some of these guys, particularly Jovic may pan out. Yeah. I mean, I think with your timeline, your Jimmy timeline, you swallow hard, you make the deal. If that's what happens, if, if Cronin hasn't backed himself into such a corner, but it, it does again, spin this back the other direction where you're like, why is everybody saying that he'd have nothing to offer when, when the, the, you know, both Hakez and Jovic in more limited turn for Hakez, obviously, I'm not counting Miami Pro League, uh, you know, but just, he, and he didn't play as much in Summer League as he could have. Um, I, I, you know, they, they haven't disappointed. Like, there's been nothing you've seen and said, oh, no, this guy can't play. And sometimes you know right off the bat that a guy cannot play. Uh, these two guys appear that they can play. And what we'll get to after this is, why Portland wouldn't want him because I, I I don't really understand it based on their own timeline and also based on the needs of that roster. Um, he seems to be like that. He's the type of player you would draft to that team uh, right away. So we will talk about that in a second. We do want to mention two great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. Our betting partner is better edge. Use the code five RSN. That's five RSN. Get $20 Free to play better edge. You are betting against others who use it. You're not betting against a bookie. You're not betting against the app. It's legal in 45 states. That's the thing we push the most because most of these betting sites are not legal. Go to betteredge.com. That's betteredge.com. Use code 5RSN. Get $20 to play and find the line that you want. We also want to shout out our guys at Water Cleanup of Florida, Michael Robert and his team. They've got a preventative program. So, yes, they can take care of everything. If you end up with leaks and your house is water damaged and all that stuff, call them, contact them. They're based in Boca Raton. They'll service all of South Florida. But also, you can get on a special program, again, that does preventative maintenance because you can't trust the insurance companies after this thing is over. Like, you have a flood or something like that. You really think you're going to get your money? You're going to wait forever for it. So do what you have to do to make sure that does not happen. Reach out, again, to Michael Robert and the team at Water Cleanup of Florida. You can find them at WCU fl.com that's wcufl.com they're great people and if they can't do the job they will tell you that's one of the things uh that always leads me to recommend them and many of our listeners have had a great experience with them so reach out again 954-579-0356 that's 954-579-0356 if you've got the schmutz they got the guts Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard 
So better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. It means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, so speaking of guts, um, bubble guts at this point uh, in Portland. Brian, why would Joe Cronin not be interested? I mean, is th- is this just a case of, you know, car gets driven off the lot and it doesn't, you know, <laughs> it doesn't hold the same value. It depreciates immediately, right? So, you know, these first round picks that are just intangible, right? You don't know who they're going to be, what slot it's going to be. Those are valuable, but you take a player that actually looks like he's got a trajectory of being an NBA rotation player or more, and he's not valuable. I, I don't understand. Why would Portland not be un- uh, interested in this particular prospect? I have no idea because if you think about what their starting five could look like, it would be Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, Nikola Jovic, and Yusuf Nurkic. I think that's cool. I think fans would be interested in at least four of those players uh, to watch. Don't forget but Jeremy Grant. The Jeremy, oh, forgot about Jeremy Grant. Um, so He's I guess Nicole, Nicole, maybe Nikola Jovic comes off the bench. Maybe, I don't know. They could they could freaking figure it out. But, but basically with Portland, it's like they – what are their options here, right? And I think – I think Joe Cronin's backed into a corner, as you kind of alluded to earlier, Ethan. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to just not. I mean, we're midway through August at this point, so now we're coming up on a month until training camp. It's a little more than that. But the World Cup begins next week. Mm-hmm. That'll be approximately two, two and a half weeks. And then after that, we're a week or so away from training camp. And... I don't think Portland, I don't want to just rehash all the Dame stuff that we've been doing for the last, I don't know, month and a half, but could they afford to do it? I, wh- why Why would they not be interested in Nikola Jovic? I don't know. And then on top of that, it's like, I don't understand what's the upside of keeping Dame to this point, especially when he's pissed off, wants to go. And you don't want to have a poor relationship with your 
first or second greatest franchise player ever as greg you were talking about this on a podcast recently that i thought it was a phenomenal point where you're talking about like look you want to have like these good relationships with these guys like you they don't have a great one with clyde drex clyde drexler who's probably their best player in franchise history and joe cronin i think what he thinks is that if he makes his deal he's going to get fired and i think if he doesn't he could get fired so like look you're back into a corner and I still think stars run the league, so figure it out. But Nikola Jovic is a good player to answer your question that they should want. I I think he's more likely to get fired if he doesn't make the deal. I because I and and I I know many don't agree with me on this, but a it's going to be a complete circus, a total embarrassment. We talked about it yesterday or the day before about the predicament it puts team employees in when you you have basically a civil war going on through the media, even if it's a cold war, more so than the hardened thing, which is an outright civil war. Um, you know, th- this one, you know, might be a little bit more passive aggressive and all the rest of that, but uh, nonetheless, okay, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be distracting. It's going to be annoying. And also I think that Cronin has a better chance to survive if he pivots to a young team, because that will buy him time to continue to add pieces to it. And this is a guy who I, I made the comparison to Chris Greer, the Dolphins GM. He's just been with the Blazers forever, just like Greer's been with the Dolphins forever. You really didn't know what he was in charge of, but he's gotten two promotions. And now he's in charge of the whole thing over the past couple of years. And now if he can actually lay out his plan for building around Scoot, maybe Simons if you don't trade him, maybe Sharp, Jovich, the first round picks that you acquire in this trade, uh, and the additional flexibility that you have, Jeremy Grant aside, I, I think that's a case you can make to ownership. Like, give me a little bit more time to figure this thing out, uh, as opposed to we're going to have Dame there, doesn't want to be there, accidentally winning a few games for us, which is going to push us, you know, out further out of the the top lottery position when we're trying to keep our pick away from Chicago. Because if it's not in the lottery, it goes to the Bulls. It's just completely idiotic. Uh, but Brady, what, how would how would he fit in Portland? with uh with their young group if we're to say okay he's with scoot say or with uh you know with simons with sharp i mean i think it would be the reason i think it would go well is because he's not as much as i said you kind of want to work things differently through him he's not ball dominant if that makes sense like he's unselfish you can put him in different spots of the floor whereas like if you want to make scoot your main guy or these other guys, you're, you're kind of your second, kind of the Robin to Scoot. You can do that, and he won't get in the way. And he's kind of like the perfect player that can kind of complement those guys and run an offense if they if need be. Uh, so yeah, I think your point about like kind of like the car, new car off the lot kind of thing is kind of the case. Whereas like just because he has a couple miles on him, and the fact that I feel like it being Miami maybe hurts the situation just because every time I know this is the weirdest one because it's a guy that's just coming off his rookie season, but every time somebody leaves, everybody knows what ends up happening. I just think this is a different situation because he hasn't even made the initial blossom. Like it worries people when they kind of get the squeeze out of the undrafted guys. And it's like, what else do they have left? This guy's never even had the squeeze yet. Like this guy is, has everything to to offer you. Uh, So I think he'd fit in well there. And in terms of like, it, it, I know we've had the conversation about Jaime or, or, or Jovic and maybe they, they try to find a way obviously to get both, but it's like, how do you not want a 20 year old with the upside when you're sitting here trying to like boggle your brain to try to figure out who his comp is? Like you, you ask yourself like, why would they not want this guy? Or like, I look around the league as well. And first of all, you have to find a team that's going to jump in the mix. 
I don't see a pl- many players out there that you're just throwing in the mix like this and has that type of skill set and has that type of question marks of like what he's going to be. So th- that's that's the weird part. What were you going to say, Greg? Uh, let me pose this question to the panel here. Do you think Miami would rather hold Haquez and Jovic and um, find a way to send Portland, let's say, four first-round picks, whereas right now they only own two, right? So they'd have to do significant measures to get those two well, extra first-round picks. They might have to trade Caleb. Correct, correct. Yeah. So um, so, so we, we're kind of keep cycling back to the same question, but uh, we keep cycling <laughs> back to it because it, it, it hasn't been resolved because it doesn't seem like Cronin's negotiating any of this. But but what do you but, think Miami would rather do? I think they'd rather send the picks and keep the two young players. But if they, but but again, sending the picks requires sending Caleb. I see see that see that's I, I think they would always rather send the picks because now they've had Jovic in their system for a year. Mm-hmm. See, see for the heat, it's different. Because the the whole driving the guy off the lot thing is actually the opposite when it comes to the Heat. Mm-hmm. For the Heat, test driving the player gives the player more value because putting him in their system and seeing how he fits and when he starts to grow with every situation, then you're like – because, again, it's not for everybody, as Eric Spolster says, right? So now you have a kid – who they clearly like coaching. Greg and I have talked about this. Um, and Brady, we've talked about this. Their interactions, the veterans' interactions with him, whether it's Jimmy or otherwise, there clearly is a respect for the skill level there. And I think I think they like him personally. Like he's hard not to like. I mean, the interactions I've had with him, he's he's modest but confident. If if there if there's anything, he's just very nice. Like he's just and really like, bought in. Gosh, he, he bought in. You know, he totally bought in in a lot of ways. And look. I don't want to stare, but with European players, you don't know necessarily. And it's it's not, it's simply because they're coming from all kinds of different programs. Um, and so you don't really know until they get in the system. And look, Martin Mirsep drove Pat Riley to never look at Europe again. Okay. Between him and Sasha Danilovich, um, my daughter's namesake. Okay. Sasha was just, you know, you know, drag smoking cigarettes the whole time. Like, and, and Martin Mirsep was a disaster. Pat didn't want anybody from overseas. So I, I think to your point, Greg, the fact that they drafted this kid, targeted this kid and now he looks good in their system maybe they would be more inclined to want to keep him i think the roster construction plays into it i think the fact they re-signed kevin love may play into it and i, I guess it comes down to this you know this, this is posed on twitter would you rather have two years of christian wood or two years or the next two years of nikola jovich right like beyond that you'd rather have jovich uh- it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even a debate to me. This is not a debate. Yeah. Well, no. what's more of a debate to me is the Caleb Martin question, just because, and this is probably counterintuitive to how the Heat would want to do it, but you do have to worry about, especially with this new second, second apron stuff. He's extension eligible next year. And I was one of the first people, this has been hijacked on Twitter in a way that I didn't like, but I was one of the first people that came out on Twitter and suggested, hey, uh, if it comes down to it, trading Caleb Martin, and potentially keeping one of and or both Jaime Jaquez, Nikolajovic, and then you figure out a way to get another first-round pick for Tyler Hero and send that first-round pick to get Portland four. Like, yeah, that's something that I would entertain. Uh, I was also somebody who said, maybe you entertain taking back Nurkic, but I feel like if the Heat were, wanted, were willing to do that, which they're not, uh, that would have already happened because the deal would have been done by now. And clearly, we haven't been waiting for six or seven weeks because Yusef Nurkic is is or isn't in the deal. I don't think that's going to be the case. But yeah, I think the Caleb Martin question is an interesting one because Nikola Jovic, to me, if I could just look at Caleb Martin 
next five years, next three years, let's say smaller window, because that's really probably the window you'd be looking at. Next three years of Kayla Martin, next three years of Nikola Jovic, next three years of Jaime Hawkins. I might say that Nikola Jovic has the best, has the next best three years of that group. Wow. I might say that. And it's important to note that when those three years are done, he will be entering a potential second contract at 23 years old. Right. I don't think that's irrelevant here. No, it's not. And and look, Tyler Hero entered a second contract area at 22, right? Um, and he so, won't be getting he won't be getting as much as Tyler here. No, he won't be getting as much. He won't be getting as much as Tyler. But uh, again, with that skill set, which is unique, no doubt, Spo. You you just you mm-hmm. just never know. I, I think the Caleb the Caleb question is is complicated because when you look at it, you you have to say, okay, what are his next three years like at the cost? Okay. So this next year is a freaking bargain. So it's like, well, you don't really want to give up this bargain year of Caleb Martin when he just had a breakout. Right. But then you know it's going to get more expensive the years after that, and you know what you're dealing with overall. So if you're thinking there's only about a 50% chance that you're going to keep him, or there's a 20% chance you're going to keep him at a price you just don't like, uh, then, then that you can start, hamstring other moves. Ethan. That, can hamstring that could also other hamstring moves other moves. And 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 I hate to say this, I, you know, obviously Brady and I have talked about this a lot. We think that, that there's more there for Caleb and more isolation and other things that he can do. But it is also possible that we might have just seen the best two weeks of Caleb Martin we're ever going to see in that Boston series. I don't know. Well, have struck, we? He, what do you think he we have? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just sad. I, I don't want to put a ceiling on him after that season. Like I think. Honestly, I feel I feel like the Jovic and Hawkins thing has like decreased Caleb's value a- among the fan base just because now we're like trying to talk ourselves into the fact that okay, well he's gonna be gone in a year. <laughs> You're Let's on just, to us. Hopefully that these guys develop into something. Like Caleb is still a very good player, and they don't have the same skill set. These aren't even like comparable skill sets. They might play the same position when they're five inches different, but like the what he provides defensively and all the other stuff yeah. is like I think matters. So. I don't know, Greg. I wanted to ask you this before we finish. That your so your hypothetical scenario because I know we got into Caleb here. When you were talking about the flip side of it, whereas if you're giving up Jovic and Hawkins, was Tyler still involved? Like, is Tyler going yeah, out? Tyler's the, involved okay, no matter I what. But you sure keep we... Caleb in that scenario, right? And you'd send out less picks because you're sending out your young players, so they only get the picks you have. Tyler's involved no matter what. Sorry, folks. No, I know and, there's and some I, out there that are holding on to that. Well, well, part of it is our fault, Greg. We did an episode <laughs> on how 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 they might be able to keep him, right? So it's it's not like we're completely blameless in this. I I just think what's happened this offseason. First thing, Heat fans are starved for basketball. That's part of it. And when they've had opportunities to see basketball, three guys who could potentially be involved in these trades have shown out. Right. Like Tyler, Tyler's gone nuts in the pro league. Okay. I mean, 44 points and game tying shots and talking back to people chanting Dame at him and then Twitter spaces and everything else. And Hakez looked smooth in Miami pro league and in summer league. And Jovic has looked good in summer league and now in international competition in the FIBA exhibition games. So it's like, I almost think Heat fans, it's, it's a little torn because you're like, okay, we want our assets to look better for Cronin to bite and be able to save face. Because I really think that's what this is about. It's about Cronin saving face and being able to Agreed. say, look, we got this guy who looks like, or whether it's it's Jovic or Hakez or Hero, I don't think they're going to take Hero, but the other two, because of, because they're, they're backcourt glut. But 
looking at those two and say, oh, look, see, look what these guys were doing in these situations. I wonder if they put up Hawkins' summer league, not summer league, uh, pro league highlights uh, when when they introduce him. Um, but I, I feel like it is about saving face for a lot of them. And I think Heat fans are like, oh, this is good that these assets have increased their value. But then Heat fans are like, well, wait a second. Don't like, look like these guys. Now they've fallen in love with all three. Okay. And so – Y'all know the Riley way. Don't get attached. I don't get attached. Right. Well, he gets attached sometimes. That's the thing. He's got to get attached to Bam. That's the only one you're safe with folks. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's the case. You're well, obviously Jimmy, but that's a little bit of a different scenario, but of, of the guys under, under 30. All right. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll close here. I guess. Um, we'll so I'll let each of you finish on this. And again, thanks to our sponsors, water cleanup, better edge prize picks, uh, prize picks, use that code five. Um, what do you think is the most likely scenario? I, I'm going to throw all the scenarios out there for you. He's doing this in Miami. He's doing that in Portland. What happens ultimately? I'll let you start, Greg, uh, with with Jovich. What does his season end up looking like? What's the crystal ball? Next season specifically? Yeah. I think no matter where he is, he is a plug-and-play rotation player, probably in the eighth, ninth man range, if you're talking minutes on a roster. And he and he shows flashes and the the creation is going to be something that people are not going to be prepared for the passing like they've talked about. I think all that stuff's going to translate right away if he gets the the, the minutes. And I think he will next year because if he's still in Miami, they're they're going to need his ass. And if he's in Portland, they're in full rebuild mode. So I think that they'd find minutes for him. So I think he's going to be productive next year. And beyond that. This, uh, we're not going to say no ceiling, but the sky's the limit for this dude. That's for sure. Uh, Brady, I, Greg copped out a little bit on the, uh, on the Portland or Miami part of it. He just said, wherever it is, he's going to be, which again, we understand that because none of us know, uh, but Brady, well, I you... think he's going to be in Portland. If you want me to just be right up front about it, there uh, we are. Most likely. Uh, but Brady, so wh- wh- what do you do? What's the crystal ball say? Well, I think the question is essentially, like, do they get Dame or not? That's what it feels like to me, just because I think if they get Dame, personally, that Jovic is not on Miami's roster. Like, it, it feels too good to be true that a player of that caliber, when you're sitting here every single day hearing about assets and not having assets, it's like, that should be one of the first guys that they are going to end up be asking for just because of the stuff that we talked about on this. But I'll say in a scenario, if you're projecting a season in a scenario where it doesn't happen, we kind of said before, that if you don't land Dame... Miami's going to need him. Greg just said, like, they are. Like, they're really going to need him in a rotation now. But I kind of feel like Jovic is going to need Miami. Just because, like, he is such a creative player that he's going to need a creative coach and a creative offense. Whereas, like, I think, and that's why I thought it was kind of funny the way that this this past season went in the regular season, just because there wasn't a lot of expanding upon stuff with Spo and him in terms of just kind of letting him off a leash. Whereas, like, this season, if he is in this scenario – I think Spo and the coaching staff can really do some creative things with him. So, like, I'll say that. I think as much as we say in that scenario that Miami's going to need him, I think they're, he would very much as well need Miami. Uh, Brian, I'll, I'll I'll let you finish here. Um, so, Brady, are you saying he's going to suck if he goes elsewhere? Is that what you're, is that what you're whoa, alluding to whoa. here? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Continue, I mean, he, Brian. He, he, no, no he, may, he may get more minutes, but the minutes may not lead to something. Brady meaningful. makes a good point. When you're in that program, it's something to be said for that. And, right. And also players develop at different rates in uh, rebuilding situations. And, and sometimes they need rebuilding situations to be able to play. But it does feel like Jovic's game fits in the structure of Miami and the needs of Miami. Like a winning system. 
a winning system that he could be a plug and play. He's not a stat, he's not going to be a, you know, a looter and a riot type, you know, stat compiler. That's not him. So in, and a lot of players, they develop terrible habits uh, when that's the case. Uh, but there is legitimate talent in Portland. I mean, as much as we mock Cronin, I mean, uh, you know, Scoot could have been a number one pick in a lot of different drafts. Uh, but Brian, would you say now, is it fair to say, as we close, we talk about assets. Is Jovic now the best asset on the Heat? That's a tradable asset? Because, we're, again, we're taking Bam off the table. Well, in terms of contract value also, like, I mean, it, unless you like Hamid Hakez more, but I would argue given the sample size of what we've actually seen because – Jaime, I mean, unfortunately, he's not playing for Mexico in the World Cup. Otherwise, we would be having a, an even more interesting conversation. But I think, uh, yeah, he probably is because some people would say Caleb Martin. And I think Bobby Marks once said Caleb Martin is their best uh, asset. But he has one year left. And then Caleb Martin's going to get who knows what next year. Is it going to be four years, 80 million? Are you prepared to give that to Caleb Martin? Because that may be the going rate for somebody who, let's say Caleb Martin has a big year this year as a six man and he averages about 15 points a game and is a six man of the year candidate. Four years, 80 million. You willing to do that? Or would you rather have Nikola Jovic on a much, much lesser contract that won't see real NBA money until the summer of 2026 mm. when that kicks in, which is a while from now. And Nikola Jovic, I think, is going to be someone that hipster NBA Twitter is going to love. They're going to be just, just there's <laughs> going right. to be there's going to be clips on him all season long about passes that he's making from, <laughs> you know, like the right wing You're to the so left right. corner, and like <laughs> I, I think people are just going to love him. This is on one of my favorite media. players. They're going to going to see that a lot. Yeah, you're going to see that uh, a lot. NBA Twitter. For people who haven't seen them prior to now, and it's, it might start in the World Cup because they're going to be around for a while. They're going to win their group. I'm telling you right now, Puerto Rico's not beating them. And, you know, I love my guys, but we don't even have Jose goddamn Alvarado this year. So we are, we're, we're in trouble. Uh, China, South Sudan. And then in the next round, he's going to see probably Dominican Republic, Italy. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns is on the Dominican Republic. I would love to see how uh, Nikola Jovic potentially handles that. Uh, you know, defensively, offensively, if they get matched up at all. You know what I mean? And Italy is no slouch either. But they could win that and then go to the knockout stage. So we're going to see Nikola Jovic in, if they advance past those first two group rounds, they're going to get into the knockout stage. You're looking at at least six, five, seven games, depending on how deep they play into the tournament. So, and there's a couple more scrimmages that Serbia, I think, has left before the tournament. So we're going to see more Nikola Jovic over the next, month or so depending on how long they're going to be in a tournament Serbia pl Serbia played uh eight games last time they got to the end they finished like fifth because they knocked the United States out at one point they they finished fifth sixth something along those lines but they beat the United States um that team with Kemba Walker and Donovan Mitchell that I actually thought was better than this one don't tell anybody mm -hmm. and uh yeah I think Nikola Jovic's trade value as long as he knock on wood stays healthy uh, and continues to produce could only go up because of what we see in the World Cup. And wouldn't it be funny if after the World Cup, all of a sudden the trade gets done after Nikola Jovic uh, shows out on one of the world's best teams on a team that could potentially medal uh, in this tournament? Yeah, well, we'll see how the thing plays out. I just, I, lo I love how the the view of the the Heat's assets is so different outside the organization as opposed to inside the organization. Um, I, and I, you know, here's the thing. Like you said, Jovic uh, up for a contract at 23 years old. So he can sign that contract in, in Portland. Uh, and then he can demand a trade to Miami when he's 26. <laughs> <laughs> and be right back for his prime. 
Uh, and then we'll leave have, a key under the mat. We'll leave leave a key under the mat for Jovic. Uh, but and also, look, if you think that four years at, at eighty million for Caleb Morton, which is kind of what you threw out there, Brady Brian. If anybody thinks that's crazy, look what Dylan Brooks just got. So mm. yeah, and, and especially with with some of these uh, these numbers escalating here. Um, but you know, look I, again. I think that this is one of these situations where it's like he fans have to center themselves here and remember who they're going after. Okay, they're going after a generational guard uh, who is still in his prime from a playing standpoint, not from an age standpoint, but from a playing standpoint. And you're going to have to I mean, you're just going to have to it's going to have to hurt in some ways. Like it's going to have to hurt even if other people don't think it hurts. Uh, It's going to hurt because, like I said, these guys could not do more this summer to get Heat fans engaged, okay? They, they, you know, and, you know, even Tyler, who has had his ups and downs uh, with at least the Twitter base, uh, has emerged from all this even more popular than he was before with the rest of the group, and he's even won over some on the other side. And so between him and Jovic, and we won't mention specifics, but he and Jovic and Hakez, uh, it, it's it's going to be, a, it's gonna, there's going to be a little bit of a pain point here, but, Certain things need to be done. So anyway, and, and look, the Heat got over the loss of Yurtsevin, so they'll have to get over these. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to Brady. We'll be back with more episodes over the course of the week. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.